Hi, I'm Rachel Dillon. And I'm Marcus Dillon. And this podcast is Who's Really the Boss, where we highlight the joys and challenges of running a business with your spouse or family. Our mission is to strengthen families and businesses by helping listeners avoid the mistakes we have made so they can lead and live happily ever after. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Who's Really the Boss? Well, hey, it's the uh, culmination episode of We Put the Cult in Culture, and I think uh, you've been elevated at this point to be the cult leader, so I'm going to let you take it and run with it, and uh, what are we talking about today? What would happen if the LinkedIn profile changed to title cult leader? I don't know. I don't know what would happen. <laughs> hey, uh, any, what, what's the saying? Any publicity is good publicity. Um, yeah, this, yes. It better, better to be talked about positive or negative than not be talked about. So, and in today's society, it's all about shock and awe, you know, like how do you stand out in a room full of crowded, um, people, especially on LinkedIn and places like that. So, Oh Yeah. That's uh, uh, that's disheartening a little bit. So, anyway, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on to a culture that we have created in Dylan CPAs that we've created here. That's probably much better than the the world outside of us. And so, it is the the final episode, but not like the third step. So, just finishing the conversation. We know that so many people are working in remote environments. If you aren't and there is that opportunity, I think that it would be our recommendation to explore that um, for multiple reasons. But really just when thinking about culture, and this might be a reason that you haven't uh, thought about doing remote working because you have no idea how to stay connected and how to maintain the culture of your team in a remote environment. So that's where we want to finish today. Um, what would you say was probably, what would you say was our like biggest hurdle as far as trying to maintain the culture we had worked so hard on? What do you think the remote environment brought that made that harder to do once we went home? It's communication and it's the, not even that the lack of communication, but it's just the thought of less communication being available. And when we were in office, uh, which you've said it before, like we have a gorgeous office and it's our old build out, which is now rented by somebody else because we've downsized office space. Um, we had it upstairs and the downstairs and I would go to the office. I think maybe you were guilty, but I know I was for sure guilty. I would go to the office for nine hours a day and I would never leave my office to visit anybody else or there'd be, you know, time, like it was either they came and saw me and did like this walk of shame down the stairs to kind of come like after the problem bubbled up and they needed my help or whatever. Um, but just kind of this habit of like being in that safe zone and that cocoon. And that was so dumb because like we were within arm's reach of other people and it's no different than it is today. And so that when you think back, like, okay, what's that physical space offer you that you can't have in a remote environment. And whenever I think about, okay, I don't, you know, I start, I, 
I, I go back sometimes like at the end of the day where I'm like questioning like some stuff and I even fall back into like that get off my lawn old man mentality. You know, it's like, are these people even working? Like I didn't even hear from this person today. Like what are they doing? And it, it's like, uh, like just, I don't know. We're not that generation. We have to be better. And it's all because I wasn't proactive in communicating with that person that day. And then it's like, oh yeah, they were working. They got this done and it showed up in my dashboard that I need to review it. And it's like, yeah. So it goes just back to a lot of trust um, that goes along with, with communication. So thankfully we have some systems and processes set up in place that allow us to work remotely, that we don't have to physically see a person sitting at a desk to know that work is happening. We take a team approach to do many, many of our projects. So if a bottleneck starts to happen, it's pretty apparent who is is or isn't working or if they're having difficulty getting things out. And so definitely, uh, able to do that. But I would say communication for sure. Relationships take time and effort, uh, intentionality. When you're cultivating a relationship or trying to, uh, you know, grow a new relationship, what do you do? You go see that person, you talk with that person, you find out what they like and you give them those things or do those things with them. So it's all the same when it comes to creating that work culture is really about the relationships. And so um, communication was a little bit different, but there were many of us at the office who went straight to our desk, started working and then left. And potentially we'd try to make a point like as we were leaving to like do like a group goodbye, like, bye, I'm out for the day. Everybody have a good day. So like pleasantries, but really quick because we were on a fixed time as far as dropped kids off, got to our desk, had this number of hours to work before we had to, the timer went off to leave. So we didn't forget to pick kids up. So we'd set timers on our phone because like, we would be so focused on working. Yeah. And so now with remote working, we actually get a little bit of that time back because we're not commuting and having to drive different places. But the communication really changes because you don't have just that close proximity to make up for kind of a poor communication in relationship. Yeah, um, it's definitely changed with the remote setting and you can always start video and hit someone where they're at it, depending on what they're working on. So communication should not be the hurdle in embracing like that remote, remote work culture and remote by like hands down, like myself, our team are much more productive remote. So I'll even like go to bat for anybody that says that, you can't be as productive in a remote setting because it's happening for us and our team. And it's just, I think people are so like, just in, in the way that they've always done things that they can't see a better reality. And part of, part of that's just culture, you know, so remote is a big part of our culture and is here to stay. And uh, while we love to see our people in person and what, that relationship means and, you know, that you can, you know, shake hands, give hugs, you know, whatever your thing is. Um, 
it, it, it just doesn't have to be on a daily basis because whenever we were in proximity on a daily basis, it got lost. And now when you see that person, you're a little bit more thankful and you're appreciative of being able to see them in person versus not. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, communication is key. And whenever you think about just that remote, remote cult culture, like what pieces of technology allow you to, to do that. And it's, you know, it's the things that we keep talking about teams. Uh, if you use Slack, you can do that. There's other products out there, but those are the, by far the, the most uh, easily available ones. So. So one thing that we did very quickly on as we went remote, so we transitioned from a in-person working environment to a remote working environment in March of 2020. And one of the first things we did was set up our weekly team meetings uh, virtual. So everybody on those team meetings, videos on, everybody participates in some capacity. Do you want to talk a little bit about, I think the structure of the team meetings that we've had over, I would say just recently over the last month have probably been our best setup of a team meeting um, out of all the team meetings, out of all the ways that we've ever done them. Uh, this virtual way I think is best. Do you want to describe it's It's your brainchild. So I'll let you talk about it. Uh, it's just total by accident too. So if people get value out of it, um, we, we used to meet in person too, and they were just so dumb around a kitchen table upstairs, at the office, and just what a waste of time, uh, hour and a half. It was, going through it like was a not a waste. List. No, it was not. I'm going to stop you. That's why I'm going to interrupt. It was not yeah. a waste of time. It wasn't the most effective use of time. The relationships in the socialization that was able to happen there was totally worth it. The way that we looked at kind of project management at that time and, and knowing where people were status updates, that kind of stuff, that was kind of the wasted time. So, so the being with people in person yeah. around a table was not the wasted time. Kind of what we were doing during that time could have been better. And the amount of time it took, it was just what not to do versus what we do now is night and day. And uh, so going around a table, every person speaking as I call on you to go over what's on your open items list for an hour and a half is not a good use of everybody's time um, once a week. So I apologize for that. That was short sighted, but we've learned a lot. So the new uh, Tuesday kind of standing meetings at the with the team at 10. Um, everybody kind of has an icebreaker question. We try to limit that meeting to about 20 to 30 minutes. If I'm not talking, it's usually a lot shorter. And so I try to elevate others to present during those meetings. Um, so we saw that, you know, when remote started, we probably had a team 10 to 12. Now we're at 20 and, uh, it just got harder to kind of control the room, especially as we continue to grow and add more people. So definitely want everybody to go around and share, kind of answer the question uh, that we have. And those questions are great because we either steal them from other people or it's stuff that we kind of come up with that's goofy and gets a laugh out of people. Um, the latest one was, you know, the whole Will Smith thing. Was it planned or was it, you know, was it intent? Like, was it real or was it fake? And so some good uh, give and take on that. And, um, you know, everybody kind of shared what their thought was. So 
But after that, it was kind of turned into like this, hey, you know, let's update here, let's update this. And it didn't apply to half the people in the room. Um, it just wasn't a good use of the time. So I thought, what is the best use of everybody's time when they're together once a week? And it was really to go over like things that are going on, whether in the firm from a big perspective or to use that time to kind of go back over technology and give people like tips and tricks. Like, can they walk away from that Tuesday meeting, learning something like that they're going to use in everyday life um, at the office? So uh, the first one we did was super easy and we just went over like 10 top tip, uh, 10 top tips in teams. And it was like, stuff that people didn't know that's like just built into teams from how you can access files and how you can set reminders and some of that stuff people knew but it was just good to kind of hear discussion around it and um that one that one was great and then you know we kind of the next uh week i think someone presented on more of a technical aspect around like something that was coming up that needed to get done like personal property tax renditions and uh, then that followed with another software that we use like tips on like uh, SurePrep, which is ingrained in our tax and our accounting process. And just trying to get people like discussion, like, hey, this is, this is the way that it should be used in the organization. And this is the reasons why across like the team um, to kind of help and set yourself up for a better, a better day and stay in budget. And so, all of all of that just kind of bubbled up with me asking, like, what's the best use of someone's time? And it's not even like they can be working on client stuff. I don't even think about that anymore. It's like it's it's 30 minutes of their day that they're giving to the office. So I just want to be respectful of that. And um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So we've got some pretty cool ones lined up in the future. And they're not all technical. They're not all te technology. You know, it's just what do we want to address? to the whole room. Yeah, so um, in fewer words, that looks like an icebreaker and uh, a learning a learning opportunity, whether that's revolved around a technology, a process, something, something like that, um, but short. And Marcus said 20, you said 20, 30 minutes, but oh, rarely do we get out of that meeting in 30 minutes. So I would say 30 to 40 is probably with a team our size, but we're not just using those questions at the beginning of the meeting where we're letting everyone talk as a way for people to feel like get comfortable with the meeting or make sure people are listening or something like that. Um, we're actually using that as we used surveys in the past. So getting to know things about them so that we can use those in the future as far as things that they like, things that they enjoy, things that they don't like, um, kind of where they are in life. And so definitely those, those are not things to be missed. Um, definitely make note of those things that you're doing. And that can come from any kind of question. I mean, one time we did something about um, if you had to describe yourself as like a sticky note or glue or something, you know, like some, some random things. And then they also told why they were like that item. So there's a lot of learning that can come out of like a simple question. Uh, some other things that we do, weekly check-ins, we've already talked about what those look like and how we do those, but that's just another way. That's a way that we connect with the team as far as completely virtual through 
text. Not It doesn't require a face-to-face. -face. So that's a check-in um, that the team member is sending to me. And then I respond back uh, most, most of the time just with a short, quick message. We do uh, now we have broken our um, whole group up into smaller teams where they're more like technically related and can talk through issues directly related to their work, but they are meeting with uh, other team members multiple times a month. So if not weekly, bi-weekly, but just all these intentional, regularly scheduled opportunities for people to come together, talk to each other, learn from each other, learn about each other to help maintain the relationships that we had built previously in person. Now we're able to still maintain those, whether we're sitting in the same room or sitting across the country. Yeah, yeah no, it, communication, it's just, that has to be built into everything. And whether it's in a whole group setting or one-on-ones, um, we also, you didn't really touch on this, I don't think was the the one-on-ones that people have with their leader uh, in addition, like that's, that's newer. And just given team size, um, kind of pair up like a mentor, mentee, buddy system, whatever you want to call it. Um, that way, that person is kind of having a more relational conversation, just checking in, seeing how things are, kind of goes hand in hand with the poll that's done and answered by you, but also um, just ultimate care for the team through others is how we viewed that. Yeah, and that one's in real time. So those people are talking back and forth to each other, not just receiving information and giving information. Um, not one way. So that's real time feedback can talk through solutions if needed. Um, yeah, it's on video. I mean, it's a video call. So yeah. you get to see mannerisms and speak with the person. Yeah, for sure. Some other things that we do. So we talked about doing our team meetings and some people do those standups daily. We have processes in place to help uh, with workflow type things that we don't have to meet daily for that reason. Um, so the people who do daily, we, we haven't gotten there. Uh, weekly for us is great. Um, we reserve another, some other times during the month for completely social. So those people who are local here in the Houston area, we get together and do a breakfast or a lunch. We help include our remote team members, maybe sending them a DoorDash or something like that um, in place of those breakfast uh, on occasion. And so we do reserve the times that we are face-to-face -face for mostly social. The work can be done independently, but when we're together, and so we've done breakfast, we've done happy hour, we've done lunch. Um, but if you are in a situation where you are completely remote, there is no opportunity for people to get together on that type of a scenario, you could always do a virtual happy hour, a virtual breakfast, a virtual coffee. Um, there can be a centralized theme as far as topic of conversation to help drive that. I know it's hard when there's a lot of squares up on the screen and people aren't sure when to talk or, or what to talk about. So there could be maybe a theme to get the conversation going and get people engaged or definitely a game. So we've talked about, you could do a bingo, you could do cards, you could do a trivia, something like that. Um, 
that you could manage pretty easily. There are companies that you can pay for virtual games to host that for you and manage all of that for you. It was, in my opinion, it was pricey to do that. I feel like there's a lot easier, more manageable ways, but definitely there are options out there for remote teams to get together and and make it social. Like that is the goal of that um, gathering. Yeah, but you're also, your background, you're also a teacher. So you had a lot of those ideas that you were keeping fourth graders, you know, fourth graders, adults, you know, everybody kind of keeping their attention and, you know, the stuff that we've bought over the years, as far as uh, wheel of fortune, uh, all the, I don't even know what we have anymore. Like we have a, we have a Plinko game. Yeah. We have, I think a spinning wheel. I'm trying to think if we have what else we have. We've done all kinds of games though. We've done some family feud. We've done some jeopardy, um, that are all kind of web web based. And so you could easily do that virtually and using the tools within Slack or teams or zoom, as far as like hand raising or, you know, things like that, or using the chat to answer questions. So definitely doable if you are a hundred percent remote or have remote people that would be joining in, you could make it all remote. So, yeah. And I think the other, you, you mentioned, you know, we meet once a week and that's enough for our team. Uh, there was a point where we could have said, Hey, let's do this daily. I don't think it's sustainable. It, certain businesses are able to do that daily. A lot of our medical and dental clients do may, maybe like a daily huddle before the beginning of the day because of the nature of their work. And that works really well to get the team centered and on with their day from the very beginning. So if you're one of those businesses would highly recommend that. And maybe if you're even in office, a daily huddle is a great thing, but make it short, make it sustainable to where you can continue to do it. I think a lot of people that were forced into remote settings because of COVID and everything that happened, um, they, they did really good out of the gate, but then they got tired. And I think that's the other thing that we may see from a culture standpoint is that culture may have been really, really good. Uh, and everybody was like fighting the same battle whenever they first went remote, but then you kind of get lazy, you kind of get complacent as a, as a leader. And then you just don't, you don't make the intention anymore. And so would encourage anybody to find the right balance for them and their team. And for us, it was just weekly because we know people have a lot of stuff going on. And even our team, the reason why it is, is the reason why it's on Tuesday is because some people don't work on Monday. Some people don't work on Friday and uh, Tuesday, at 10, most people are online and with time zones and things like that, it works out um, that that's kind of an acceptable time for most people. So, um, but I would really encourage any, any business owner, any firm leader, find what works for you, start small and then grow into something. And um, it's a lot easier than forgetting or, or losing touch because you just don't have enough time in your day to keep it going. Yeah. That's good. And so just, um, we, yeah, we don't have the, the opportunity of having every single person in office to do a daily huddle in person, but we still have a work environment. So even though it's not a physical office that we go to, we have a work environment in our teams, our Microsoft teams. And so we use our Microsoft teams 
in a lot of cases, like social media, as far as from a culture standpoint, we have specific channels set up um, to post different things. So we don't want real work and real needs that um, are important to client work or to technical things to get lost. So we do have channels set up for that, but we also have some channels that are a little bit more social. And just for us, because 10 channels in your teams can show at a time, I believe just automatically, we've tried to limit our channels to 10. We tag and pin appropriately to, to um, post messages within there, but we definitely have like a lunch and special occasions where we can put um, opportunities for people to get together in person. We can put details of that, but we can also celebrate birthdays and work anniversaries um, in there as well, or any any other special occasion, right, that may come up. Uh, we have our bingo channel where we do bingo calls, and that's typically not a live bingo where we're calling it out till we have a winner. We do a few calls um, each day until we get a winner. So it may be a week, two weeks before we have a winner. We have a winning channel where we celebrate um, client positive feedback. We celebrate new clients, new team members in, in that channel. And so... Um, Marcus, maybe your favorite one is like the podcast and books, because we also spill over into kind of something that's shared between all of us, Netflix or uh, streaming, <laughs> streaming opportunities. So what are some of the things that you post in there? Oh, uh, whatever I'm binge watching and it's to your demise, because I'll watch that while in bed, while you're trying to go to sleep. And we have a very nice built you know, TV in our room and it puts off a lot of light. And, uh, that's one of the, the pain points, I guess, in our marriage, uh, one of the fights that we have, but, um, but yeah, that, that's what I post sometimes what I'm watching at night, what you're listening to as you're trying to drift to sleep. And a lot of times that's like true crime. So if someone's trying to murder you as you're like falling asleep, uh, and that's a little bit of a preview into, uh, our nighttime rituals, I guess. Uh, my, my favorite channel, you know, is the winning channel. Um, and that's, you know, being a business owner, I guess, and just celebrating the win, celebrating new clients and being able to help people get to their goals. Um, that's by far, you know, uh, I think ever since we implemented that and get to celebrate and now the team, like they're celebrating and sending virtual high fives because like their compensation, a part of it's tied to that growth. And, um, you know, it just kind of keeps people motivated and anything, anytime something's shared, it's like you tag the whole team, everybody kind of responds. And then the other thing is it really encourages Chris and the business development team to kind of keep going. Um, Chris, his love language, you know, I think he's got multiple love languages, I guess, but um, knowing him and for those of y'all that know him, you know, he's, a hugger and he likes to uh, be around people. And so if you're trying to work in office with Chris, you're not going to get much done. You got to go home. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, but it's part of life. It's part of what keeps, uh, it keeps the, the life of the office fun and, and personalities like that, you know, you want to encourage and it definitely helps fuel him to go find others to help in the grand scheme of like why we exist and, you know, to help, people grow their businesses and become more profitable. And it's just, I think that goes back to, that's why that's my favorite channel. 
All right. And so, yeah, so we use our, our working environment, which is Microsoft Teams, kind of as social media. So people can share. The, I mean, we have a general channel. People can share about their kids, about their pets, about anything, anything funny that they've seen. So definitely have a space, you know, a lot of, a lot of other businesses, they have maybe like a memes section or a pets section where you can just post. They have lots of things where people can get together and communicate on separate channels. Uh, so maybe that the work stuff that's important doesn't get missed with, you know, pictures of cats and dogs or something like that. But um, that we we have seen great success with that. You really do feel connected as you get to see people's personalities of what they post and how they respond and different things like that. So that's really nice. Um, for us, again, that virtual work environment, there's not a, you hear somebody come in a door and sit down at their desk or see. So um, how do we how do we manage people's schedules? Like, what is our culture like as far as from what's expected of people for their working requirements? There's a lot of trust that comes along with our culture. And you have to serve the client, get work, whatever that is, a financial tax return, uh, commentary, advice. Like, you got to return client messages. If all of that's getting done, I probably we're not going to micromanage you. And that's just maybe speaking from being naive, but um, it's not even the hours worth like the input anymore. It's, it's really, what have you produced? What, how have you impacted people on the other side of that relationship? And um, you know, are the clients being see the value that you can bring to the table as their team member? And is that timely? And so that's how we somewhat manage now we have to like, there are built in things within teams, like yellow, green, red, you can kind of tell if someone's idle or not. Um, you can see when the last time they viewed their teams thing is, and, and maybe that's just part of their time blocking too. So you don't want to like jump in and say, where are you at? I had a, I had a question for you and I expected an answer. So it, it goes back to a lot of trust, a lot of respect. Um, and that's, part of the culture and you know it's like if you can't trust your people maybe remote doesn't work if you can't trust your people maybe there's like a bigger conversation there that really needs to be had and it's probably just shining a light on something else so um there's ways to communicate we've talked about how important communication is in a remote culture so obviously you've got teams or slack you've got email, which you don't send internal messages through email just because with all the phishing and um, whaling and all that other stuff that's now going on in cybersecurity talk, um, you have email to communicate. You have uh, other platforms that we use here uh, for client communication, like secure messaging. And then if it's truly an emergency, you can always like call them, whether it through teams on video or call them on their cell phone or, you know, being a smaller team, we have text on people. We try not to ever use that unless it truly is like an emergency. Um, and, you know, just make sure that we're being respectful and with, with a lot of like flexibility, with a lot of trust comes that responsibility. So we have not yet had to really take it 
away. And so some employers may get to that point where it's like, okay, we have to revisit this. We've got to put some boundaries in place. We have not had to really do that yet. Um, you, you probably have the conversation with the person that's maybe uh, taking advantage of that first and not the whole team. And then if it becomes a bigger issue, then you have a conversation with like the bigger team to see, okay, like this is, this is what's going on. How do we solve it? You know, we're not, we're not, you know, we're not going to go through this any longer. So, but yeah, that's, that's the different communication trees that we have here internally. And we have, so instead of like having to see or somebody punch a time clock of like they started their day at a certain time, we do have the daily three that we have talked about on a previous episode. So our team does, we do have a channel called daily three. They put in their top three priorities for that day. That allows us to know what they'll be working on. It kind of helps us see when they're starting to work because most people do that first thing, um, in the morning. We Pro tip also there, have... I do it when I'm at the gym in the morning and I don't get back to my computer <laughs> until like so, two hours later. So, and some people forget and they do it at like 4 PM at that day. And I know they didn't start working at that time. So that's yeah. not, that's not a fail proof way, but it's a pretty good, pretty good indicator. We try to ask that people have that done between nine and nine 30. And so, um, that's one thing to do. Um, another thing that we have, we have a schedule of typical working times for our team members. We don't require that everyone start at 8.30 and end at 5. So there's options there um, as far as there's options there as far as what time they start their day. And we can, you know, we can still see that. So we have a spreadsheet where everybody has their times kind of blocked out and um, like when they're available, just in case you can always send a chat or um, a video message, but just in case they're not responding, you can kind of check and see when, when will they be available again? Um, what are some other things that we do to communicate? Uh, there, there's, you know, just the general stuff that goes along with communication that um, the in-person retreats is probably the next one where I would take communication and scale it even more um, because you can only do so much as an organization over, um, over remote. So even in a remote setting, we still embrace in-person stuff a few times a year. And it's, it's, it's that important to us that we've allocated budget to it. We plan for it. It's also um important for us, like it's that important that we have team members that know months in advance so that they can um, prepare for it if they're coming into town or if they need to set up childcare or whatever. And obviously we cover the cost of travel because it's a work-related trip. And if they're here staying, uh, we'll cover hotel and Ubers or cars or whatever's needed to get them in person. But, um, it just goes along with like, we we care for our people and we love those relationships that it's kind of needed to just be physically present a few times a year, just to remember who's on the other side of that screen. And, and also from a client perspective, we still have in-person client meetings, you know, it's just part of life. So, um, but yeah, the, the in-person stuff is like, that's the, that, that is like, 
becoming the favorite part of my year is those in-person retreats because it, it's everybody. It's a party. It's like when you get, when you all get together and celebrate, um, learn about one another. And, you know, usually it's, it's a time to be together. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's my favorite kind of communication, but it only happens occasionally a few times a year. Yeah. So I think we've had, um, a great conversation on how important communication is, how to communicate, um, all of the ways to maintain culture in a remote setting. And, um, I think we have totally put the cult in culture over the last few episodes in this series. And we love talking about this stuff. So I think if there's anybody out there who still has questions, aren't sure how to implement, aren't sure where to start, not what to do. Um, I'm happy. I'm happy to talk through it. Uh, send me a message or call me happy to happy to help. However I can. Yeah, and I, I'm excited for the conversation where we dig in a little bit further on um, the in-person retreats, because I think you, like I said, you do a great job with that. And a lot of people are curious um, how we pull that off. And it is a lot of work. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to share there. All right. Well, we'll talk about that next. So All right. uh, great conversations. Thanks for thanks for doing this with me again. Yeah. Well, you're the cult leader, so I guess I have to do what you say. So, All right. Talk to you later. All right. See you. Thanks for hanging with us to the end of another episode. If you have thoughts, comments, or feedback you would like to share, please leave us a comment or review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Join us again next week for another great conversation.